0: Welcome to this week's episode of Best Camp of My Life, a podcast about MMA. Kind of, but not really, but kind of. I'm your host, Fernanda Pratis, unless you are a Bulgarian authority investigating persons of interest in connection to a 2013 incident. In which case, I'm totally not Fernanda Pratis, I've never been anywhere near a nuclear power plant and I have no idea what you're talking about. For those of you who aren't Bulgarian authorities investigating persons of interest in connection to a 2013 incident, I'll explain later. Let's just say I was young and naive and going through a difficult breakup. A couple of chime rats later and yada yada I may or may not have been banned from a handful of European nations and generally frowned upon in Asia. In any case, I say we keep this between us and the nice folk over at the Interpol. As far as my current occupation is concerned, I am merely Fernanda Pratis, writer, podcaster, and maker of references to pop culture happenings that literally no one has thought about since 2008. Also, on the good days, I'm an interviewer of cool people who certainly have fun things to do and important places to be, but somehow end up here. And today, my friends, is one of those good days. Not only have I convinced a cool person to join me, but she might just be one of the goddamn coolest. I shouldn't even be having to introduce her in the first place, but legal told me that the whole My Next Guest Needs No Introduction thing has been taken, so I guess I'll just keep it brief. Today, I am joined by Karen Bryant, UFC desk host, co-owner of the MMA Heat, and fellow podcast host. Bryant is a true veteran and one of the most recognizable faces in the industry, not to mention one of the most joyous presences in all MMA broadcasts. I wish I could be as chill and breezy about existing in the world as a person, as Brian is about addressing millions of people with a bunch of lights and cameras on her face. But I guess some people are just generally better at the life thing. Terrible jokes aside, it is truly an honor for me to have a chance to talk to Brian today. In a sport that hasn't always been known for its extensive female representation, I can tell you how important it has been to have this kind of reference. There probably isn't a UFC fighter alive who hasn't been interviewed by Bryant. Also, have I mentioned all the fucking joy? Just the idea of talking to her is making me cheerful and upbeat. It's very unsettling. In any case, here's our chat. Enjoy it or don't, just remember that seeing Brian on camera not smiling is one of science's most accurate indicators of sociopathic tendencies. A few weeks ago, when I talked to Megan Olivia on this podcast, I joked that I knew I'd made it big when I started having guests with Wikipedia pages. But then what does it mean when you have two guests with Wikipedia pages? I would say that makes me cool by association, but I will let you at home be the judges of that for now. The only officially certifiably cool person involved in today's chat is my very special guest. Welcome to the podcast, Karen.
1: Thank you, Fernando. You are too funny.
0: You'll get a
1: Wikipedia page. I can't believe you don't have one. I'm very surprised.
0: (laughs) I feel like I can. It's good that I don't have one because it gives me something to aspire to. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, half the stuff on there is BS anyway. You know that, right? (laughs)
0: Uh, Usually, yes. But uh, I use it as a source for many things because I'm very (laughs) lazy. But yes, um, I do think it's a sign of like success. And yeah. yours is actually like pretty full, I got to say. It's a, it's a solid Wikipedia page.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean I've been doing stuff for a while. So yeah, there is a few different things there. But it uh but yeah. Some of it's right and some of it's wrong. But in general, yeah, we all use Wikipedia. Who are we kidding? <laughs> uh
0: we'll we'll get to the Wikipedia part of things. So actually, there's so much I want to talk to you about today that I'm sure I will not be able to get to uh all of it. We would have to start our own podcast series, which <laughs> I will pitch to you after we're done. But um I guess yes. I, I would just start with a quick reaction to what just happened on Saturday. We just had uh, the first event of the new batch in Fight Island. And uh, I just wanted your thoughts really on the main event because we saw uh, Max Holloway do what he did with with Calvin Cater. Uh, so my question is very simple. Uh, after having a few days to di- digest that, just how damn good is Max Holloway? <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding, right? Like, I, <laughs> I it is funny because even even though I've done this for a long time and I've obviously seen a lot of incredible fights, there are some that stick with you where, yeah, you do think of it the next day, a couple days later, like, man, like what, like what just happened, you know? And um, so I definitely <laughs> feel that way with Max. Cause the funny thing is, is, you know, I was watching it and I literally am screaming at the TV, like jumping around my room. And, you know, it's funny to me cause oftentimes I think people think, um, uh, You know, maybe as a woman or whatever, I'm not as invested in the sport, or that I'm just at work, just reading um, a script, which by the way, I wrote anyway. But, um, or, you know, they don't really (laughs) think I'm into it or don't really think I'm a fan. And uh, so it's kind of crazy. Like I was literally watching that alone, screaming at the top of my lungs and freaking out. And the thing about it is, is, it's not it's not um that i was necessarily rooting for him it's mm-hmm. i mean i love max right it it, it wasn't so much yeah. about rooting for him or rooting against calvin it, it's like you just see it's like poetry in motion, right? When you just see something so spectacular, how can you not react to it? And how can you not get completely drawn in by it and just so amazed? And I, I was just floored. And I've been a Max fan a long time. I think he's, you know, just wonderful. He's a great guy. But to see him come back after those losses like that and to come back in that form and after he had specifically said he was going to do something special and to show out like that was in, just incredible to me. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it.
0: I think it's interesting with Max because I think some people just have a case of like short term memory loss with. Yeah. I feel like there are some fighters that happens. It happens with everyone, of course, but I feel like some fighters are bigger victims of that, that people just seem to keep forgetting how good they are. With Max, he right. meets one of those cases because I heard a lot of what? Oh, my God, that's like. I, I I actually read someone on Twitter, and I don't know if they were just, like, getting trying to get a reaction or trying to be funny or whatever, like, saying that, you know, that performance was too good. He must have been on, like, PDs or whatever. And yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, have you never seen Max Holloway fight ever? Right. That's how he fights. It just happened to be, I guess, a little more impressive than normal. But then you think back to the Brian Ortega fight or the fact that, you know, right. he beat Aldo the way that he did twice. And to me, yeah. just, like, people... Perhaps not remember. Y'all you, you must have forgot. It's what I'm right, saying with right. my Well, you
1: know how I feel. You know, I mean, you know, because I love me some Jose Aldo. Like, Like crazy. So it already made me nuts before when people were like, Jose, who? I'm like, Jose, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Did you disrespect Jose? Like the the fact that, you know, when Connor beat him, all the people who'd never even heard of him before, who all of a sudden, Mm. you know, said he was what like so I I've already been through that with Jose. (laughs) So yeah, to go through it again with with Max where people like you were like, Yeah, how did you like? You know, what? What do you mean you didn't think he was this (laughs) good or he's washed up or like, oh, yeah, the blessed era is over. Like, no, uh,
0: -uh, no. (laughs) No. And he's 29. Like, that's he's a child.
1: Like, how do you even? Isn't that crazy? That's part of, I guess that's part of what it is, too, right? Is that some of these guys are, Sort of old in fight years in a way, and so you mm-hmm. forget how young they actually are. Like Shogun yeah. was like that for the longest time, where you you were mm-hmm. like, "Wait a minute, how is he only thirty one? He's been doing this forever." Like, you know, I mean, now he it did catch up with him, but for the longest time, it was like yeah. that too. So, I guess maybe they're that's fighter the case. years, right? Like yeah, dog years, yeah.
0: fighter years. A absolutely. And sh- in some cases, like Shogun, I think the way he fought for all those years really adds right. to the the fighter for year sure. math. Uh, but i'm with yeah, you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh one thing that you you did touch on and and, and briefly what in your first sense you're talking about like people just maybe sort of assuming that you're not actually uh, a fan, which to me is interesting because right. whenever you're doing something for this long uh covering a very niche thing for such a long time. It is my opinion, ha- being one of those people and having talked to so many people who like us have been at this for quite a while. Like, you kind of right, have right. to be a fan, right? There's no way you can just do this job for this song without appreciating the sport in any way.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because for the the funniest part about it is... is, is. um you know, I always say to people when they're like, oh, I want to get an MMA, like, you know, what's your advice? I'm like, well, don't do it for the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> it ain't there. Because <laughs> it ain't here. Um, And so, um, you know, I guess that, yes, that that's to your point because you, you wouldn't be here if you didn't love it because it's mm-hmm. certainly not a job you take just for the paycheck. Um, you have to work mm-hmm. way too hard for it in a, in a lot of ways to um, for what you would get back. I mean, like, yeah, we we have been doing this for a long time, like uh, started in the in 2007 and you know, for the mm-hmm. longest time you're just doing the things on your own and you're putting the stuff out on your own, you know, website or YouTube mm-hmm. channel and you're trying to get, you know, your, your work noticed or whatever. But yeah, if you weren't really a fan of it, I don't know if I would have hung in as long as I did because you know, when we started doing it in 2007, like there wasn't, you know, Instagram to become overnight famous. Like you didn't just go viral with one little soundbite from an interview. You know, you had to really yeah. work a lot harder. And um, I think that if I hadn't been a fan and hadn't actually really loved it, yeah, I don't know that I would have been able to stick around in it as long as I have. And I just, I genuinely love it. Like it, it's crazy to me when people say stuff like that. And I know a lot of time they're just trolling, but I'm like, how could you I, – I, I love what I'm doing. I think it comes through when I'm on the air. I hope it does, because I absolutely do love it. So, mm. um, you know, I, I guess it's just something that guys will say just to say it. I don't know if yeah. they really believe it even when they say it, but like, yeah, for sure. I couldn't do this if
0: I didn't love it. Yeah, I was planning on waiting until getting like on my feminist uh, bullshit, but like before, <laughs> you you, you alluded to it, so I'm just going to get right to it. Uh, do you feel like maybe the fact that people challenge, uh, whether it's your knowledge or your fandom, uh, does have something to do with the fact that that you're a woman?
1: Of course. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, because, you know, for the longest time when you first start getting into it, a lot of the comments in the interviews were, you know, go make me a sandwich or, uh, you know, they were, they were sort of saying like, oh, I know what they did after this interview, that every interview was implied that you slept with the fighter afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there was all that that I had to get through. And so, yeah, of course, it's that they think because you're a woman, you you, you know, less, or because you, because I didn't fight myself, I know less. It's like, well, Mm I don't know. I don't know if Howard Cosell ever fought and people really loved, like, the relationship he had with Ali. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure, um, uh, what's his face, Bob Costa uh, never mm-hmm. did, like, all these sports and he's calling the Olympics. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just ridiculous to equate having done the sport with being able to talk yeah. about it. Like, has have have all these astrophysicists actually gone to space? No. Mm-hmm. So, does that mean everything they came up with is bullshit? No. <laughs>
0: Like, like, Yeah, there's it, there's room for everything, right? right. Like, there's room for the former athlete or current right. athlete, which is the case of a lot of the people you share even the desk with. Of course. There's room for that insight, of course, and it's very valuable insight. And at the same time, it's not the only way to do commentary and analysis and to really bring your, your input to the sport.
1: Exactly. Well, and also the, the thing about it is, is, uh, you know, I came to this as a broadcaster first and there are certain – broadcasting skills you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And so that's the other thing is people are like, oh, well, they should, you know, replace her with like a fighter. And it's like, okay, well, I, I see what you're saying and you want the insight from the fighter, but does the fighter know how to do the TV part? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's two different things uh, to, to put together. So I just love the fact that I get to work with people that I think are awesome. Yeah. I have so many great, you know, analysts to work with me. I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every day that I go to work, it's a surprise, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. And and that's awesome. You, you don't get to say that about a lot of other jobs. So how can you not? Love yeah.
0: it? Yeah. Going back a bit uh, to the beginning, which is something that I wanted to t- uh, touch on with you. You did mention that you sort of started with the MMA thing in 2007. Uh, what was what was the sort of I know you had a few roles in the sport, you've hosted shows, you were already working in television before uh, MMA came in, but what was sort of the spark or what got you involved uh, with MMA specifically?
1: Well, I had been working for Showtime Championship Boxing for Mm -hmm. three and a half years. And um, so I started in combat sports with them first in like 2006 Mm -hmm. or something. Um, And while I was doing that, we... They started doing the CBS Sunday night or Saturday night fights, you know, like so the Kimbo fight with Seth Petrozelli and, um, you know, all that stuff. Like I was there, you know, I'm sitting on the side mm-hmm. of the octagon or the cage for that one. And um, so through the course of doing the boxing, I started working in MMA with CBS and, you know, showed him it was the um, elite XC stuff mm-hmm. and. When I stopped doing that, we um, needed something to do, basically, right? Like, so uh, I wasn't working for Showtime Boxing anymore, had time, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, um, we start our thing online. So I didn't really want to do it at first. Like, I came from working on TV more, and mm-hmm. at the time, like, you know, internet TV wasn't as big of a thing yet, and it kind of really felt like a demotion to be honest mm-hmm. with you, going from working in TV into doing stuff on the internet, you're like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> like, like this is lame. I work on TV, so it's prestigious,
0: first- right? Like you say, TV, and you think yeah. even today when things have changed so much, a TV job is still considered sort of like the the pinnacle exactly. for media. Exactly.
1: So yeah, so it, it's like um, certainly something to to kind of like have to reframe your mind because, like I said, it felt like a real demotion, and it felt sort of mm-hmm. like, well, this sucks and you know, so you're starting out doing it, and even though um, it was uh, something new, like I said, the 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 skill set of having doing uh, having done interviews and things like that, obviously I'd, I'd done for years, um, and mm-hmm. had already had some room in the combat sports space, so. Switching yeah. from doing the boxing stuff into more MMA was wasn't that hard, and you know the thing around it. There's a ton of places in Los Angeles you can go. You can interview a ton of people, um, and mm-hmm. so Wade and I would go and um, get to know people. We spent a lot of time at Rain Training Center with Mark Munoz, like yeah, he and those guys. With you know, were great. Kings MMA. That's why I'm so bonded to the guys at Kings MMA, um, mm. because they were welcoming to us from very early on, mm, and awesome. um, yeah. And the cool thing is, is you know, we helped publicized their fighters and they helped mm-hmm. up like, you know, it was a symbiotic relationship. So it was really nice. Yeah. Um, but it did take some time to grow and it does take some time to, you know, figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And, and yeah, to get past the, just the ridiculous comments of all the people, you know, the sexist things or whatever, to the point where people yeah. were like, oh, you're actually just putting out interesting interviews. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. <Thanks. laughs> oh, you're a woman, but you also yeah. happen to like uh, have offer value to the product I'm right. consuming. That is. right. Uh, and that's it. And so much has changed. Right. Like and it's still like looking at it. Uh, we still don't have I think we have uh several women reporting, of course. And you look at the USC, you have faces uh like yours, Megan, uh Laura Senko, like uh we have reporters covering the sport like me, Evelyn, who you had a podcast yep. with. Uh I and she Evelyn. mentioned Yeah, you we're when gonna you bring were
1: it here. back to. I love her.
0: You <laughs> go back to and, and Anna, but like uh, you know, how much have things Obviously, it's not ideal yet, and it's something that I talk about often in my work and in this podcast and on Twitter and to whomever wants to hear it. But how how much have things changed, uh, you know, as a woman on the sport from from the moment you, you first started doing it?
1: Well, I think it's changed a lot, and I think it's changed a lot for the better. And I, mm-hmm. we definitely have the female fighters to thank for that, right? Because yeah. you, you can't see a fight like, Zhang Wei Li and Yoanna, and be like, nah, chicks suck. You know, like, you yep. know, like, like
0: what? like what? You have you to be committed to being an yeah, asshole to say yeah, that. Yeah,
1: like, You Really, right. You got to work hard to not like Amanda Hibas. Like what? Yep. So, um, yeah. so the fact that, you know, we've, we've had the Joannas and the Roses and mm-hmm. just so, so many, I mean, obviously Rhonda and Holly and mm-hmm. so many incredible women who have proven that, um, that women are 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 able and mm-hmm. are just as as fan friendly, just as interesting, put up as much effort. Like so that that definitely helped having their um, presence in the sport
0: mm-hmm. justifies
1: having women on other thing quote unquote justifies us, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in other areas. And um, I do think it 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 had a, an effect of of. Um, raising the appreciation for all of the women in the sport and i think that you know people are starting to understand more now that yeah that we're not just there to um to to just like look cute or whatever that 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 there's value added um from our perspective and you know and yeah you're putting former fighters that that are women now to doing things but also the fact is like one thing that people don't always realize is um And I found this out from speaking with the managers is that as a woman, a lot of time we actually do get better interviews or different interviews from fighters. Mm -hmm. And you would notice this too. I'm sure, you know, a lot of time a guy speaks to a guy either after a win or a loss, but there's this Mm -hmm. whole sort of alpha, alpha thing. And I got a big dog, this guy now and act a certain way. And when they're speaking to a woman, they just are different. And the problem with that is initially people th- say, would say, oh, you're flirting with them to get these interviews. Ugh, like, no, yep. I'm not flirting with them, but my energy is just different. So yeah. he's going to respond to me different. Like if you see it as that, that's, you know, you're projecting that I'm not flirting with him. I'm speaking to him and I am a woman. But yeah. um, but I, believe me, I know when I'm flirting and this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a the bad guy, way you know of it. I mean? like, that's what i'm saying i'm like i actually know what i'm doing
0: i have an inner monologue and i know this is it so yeah, yeah sometimes the, the best way to get a good interview and and that's the thing right like and this is something i've also touched on with evelyn and other um uh, female guests i've had on the show i feel like um and this is what i wanted to ask from you too i feel like in a way um I agree with you that sometimes the fighter, I don't I don't think it should be like that, but because there is sort of this alpha relationship, often a fighter will look at a woman there as more of a soothing presence uh, right. or somebody that they can open up to maybe yes. in a little bit of a more, a different way. I've had that experience too. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, to me... Uh, It's always been a struggle to find the right tone because you have to be conversational and charismatic. But at the same time, if you are too conversational or too (laughs) charismatic, you're opening up room for all these different interpretations. And you have to be, you know, professional, but you can't be too stiff because people, you you know, also don't respond well to women who don't smile enough. So you're always like, right, trying to strike this balance. So do you feel like there's more pressure, sort of like a more expectations to act or to have a certain tone uh, as a woman than maybe something that not even out of malice, but maybe our male counterparts don't have to worry as much about?
1: Well, of course, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, the whole thing about why don't you smile more and this and that. We mm-hmm. we, we all get that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's physically, first and foremost, the physical part of it. Um, yeah. No disrespect to People I work with, but they can go up and down and wait. <laughs> um <Yep. laughs> and it's not a problem. Um yep. and we know why they are, and I get it. I'm like, you know, whatever. But like, you know, as yeah. a woman on TV, anyway, or whatever, you 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 know, you don't have that uh, those allowances. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there is that whole thing of look a certain way, act a certain way, don't be too, mm-hmm. you know. So, for example, there's a, the whole thing, the, the, the clip that everybody loves with Biz being, like, sassing me when we were over at Fox and he was like, yep. you know, the, the chin must be tucked and, you know, all you do is just sit over there and read the prompter. And by the way, which the whole thing is so funny when people say just read the prompt, because like I said, I write the scripts. And so, like, mm-hmm. and we don't have a prompter, but he, so, anyway. Um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, look a certain way, act a certain way. And then the funny thing is, is people like I can I am supposed to have a certain amount of authority right to keep the guys in line but then yeah. like make sure you recognize that those are the real fighters and the champs and don't get you know don't 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 forget your place in in all of this like it it can get a little bit mm-hmm. um it can get a little bit funky sometimes out there but the, really mm-hmm. what I end up relying on is my relationship with the analysts and the people that I work yeah. with and yeah. that's what I go by and that barometer is like we all are great and get on well mm-hmm. and and I know a lot of the time the guys are like look A lot of people wouldn't be able to handle us up here. You know what I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. yes, I have to know when to be playful with the guys and when to be more serious Mm -hmm. or whatever. But, like, um, it's not something actually everybody can pull off either, you know? So um, I think that those women, those of us that are doing this should get some more credit because, yeah, it's it's, it's harder than people think. And, I mean, I guess part of it, too, is um, since um, I do work with my husband as the cameraman, like, I know I'm not yeah. flirting with people because he's standing right there. And so that's one thing with those accusations or whatever that are kind of funny mm-hmm. to me. And the, I'm like, well, he's standing right there. Like, so it's not happening. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> we're working. Like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> one, one interesting thing, like, for instance, this being a woman thing we were talking about, like uh, recently uh, when Megan went up in the octagon, Without uh, her heels, because oh, obviously God, with her can't shoes, work. right? Yeah, and it became this whole giant thing on the internet. All these comments, and she had to like they had to allow for heels because it was such a thing. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, dude, this is this happens only to us,
1: exactly. But yeah, no, so that that whole thing was so ridiculous because um, yeah, like. W- and what world did they think that she just freestyled, like, oh yeah, I'd rather just go up with my socks now, I mean, barefoot, like what? And I guess that's the other thing that's, ha- that's happened to me too before on certain things, like, mm-hmm. that they'll people will say something and and, like, I'm like you think I just freestyled and made this up myself? Like, we do have yeah. producers and meetings and, you know, like, there's there are stuff I'm supposed to, I'm required to do and there's some things that, yes, I freestyled and some, but like I'm just out here making this stuff up myself all the time. Like, no, like, (laughs) so that's ridiculous that people would even get on Megan's case for that.
0: Yeah. But that's, uh, and and that's, Something that's kind of also sort of the nature of TV, right? Because like if it's well done, people don't realize the amount of work that goes behind it. So they probably see you sitting at that desk and just, you know, ca- having casual conversations. Uh, because one of your, I think one of the things that I personally really enjoy about watching you on TV is that you make things very conversational, you're not stiff. Like it seems very like easy flowing and, you know, it does look like you're sort of just, Hanging out and talking, and what I think a lot yeah, of people cool. have never want. That's worked, the idea. That's the idea, right? But I think I worked on TV, so right. I know that. But I think a lot of people who have never sort of seen the backstage, they probably just assume that you just go up there and hang, like that you're not working. Like, how right. much? Yeah, how no, much, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, how much, like, on that, like, how much work do you put on, a, like, a, a, say, you're working the desk in a big event, like, how much? preparation sort of goes into it for you
1: well a lot so I'm going so my uh, I'll be back to work on the on the seventh right so mm-hmm. usually what happens is we get um, a link with a bunch of fights and so mm-hmm. around Monday you know Monday and stuff I'm starting to watch a bunch of the fights for the people that I'm you know covering over the weekend and even though I've already you know, probably worked there the last fight or whatever done a lot of them you know you got to refresh your memory and Mm -hmm. now i get rundowns and things on maybe wednesday or something so i start writing the script on wednesday but prior to that you know yeah i'm watching a lot of fights and i'm reading a bunch Mm -hmm. of um you know things on online if i can find it and then you know once you get to media day or whatever you can get all the firsthand information so it's basically a lot of um information gathering earlier in the week Mm -hmm. and you know watching and, and doing the research Um, I start writing the script, like I said, either on Wednesday, a lot of Mm -hmm. time it's either I'm doing it on Thursday, like on my flights or Thursday when I get to Vegas. Um, We have the pre-show script and the UFC live script. So those take several hours, you know, um yeah. and then and you're still, you know, watching more fights and things and really basically Friday mornings before the show I'm doing a lot more uh reading
0: mm-hmm. of
1: trying to figure out like, you know, if there's any last minute storylines that come up and whatever, but it's it's hours of work during the week prior mm-hmm. to getting everything prepped. Um and then obviously on on, you know, the day of the fights it's a lot of reaction, but we're rewriting the script up, you know, cuz fights get canceled all the time and Mm -hmm. that's one thing that's nuts is you'll do hours of work like you know prepping this fight and you you know hear john and i talk about all the time and then you know the fight gets canceled and so (laughs) like i'll literally have to rewrite the script or reorganize things sometimes minutes before we're on the air i mean and that's the other thing you know the post show there's no script at all that is literally live Mm -hmm. just a full-on conversation so you know that's i guess the one that makes me a little bit the craziest when people critique me on that one because you're just like no literally that one there's no we're literally flying without a net like I literally just have um you know a a sort of outline of what we're going to talk about and you go with the flow and people are talking to you in your ear while you're talking to the guys you're sitting next to and there's a whole lot going on (laughs) yeah and it's it's all live and there's a hundred moving parts yeah and I love it though like that's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing that's Mm -hmm. my freaking favorite thing. So um, I, I love that. I love that living without the net part. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's way more going into it than just mm-hmm. up there having a conversation. But if you say it looks like and feels like we're just having a conversation, then I love that.
0: Yeah, you did the the job correctly. Like it's right. Exactly. Exactly. If we're noticing stiffness. And, and, and that's also like when I think people, if you just throw a bunch of former fighters there, you're not going to have it. That's what I think a lot of people don't understand. It looks stiffer when it's a lot of people improvising <laughs> than when you have a totally. professional <laughs> structure it, totally. right? Like, it would just <laughs> sound weird. And and I'm, yes. I know you deal with people who, you know, maybe are not as used to being in front of the camera. So you also have to have that role of sort of making them comfortable and giving right. them room, right? So it's a, it's a lot of moving parts. Like you said, I, for one, like, and I said this to Megan, too. Like, I look at you guys. I'm just like, I this is... <laughs> It's too much for me, personally. I really admire the the work you do. Um, well, thanks. Uh, no, of course. I mean it. Uh, <laughs> one thing, like you you mentioned, you know, we're talking at this point, obviously, you've been at this for a while. Like, you're one of those, I think, one of the most recognizable faces, I would say, uh, of, of the UFC and MMA broadcasts in general. Uh, and there's obviously some, I guess I would say, comfort or confidence that comes with that. But, you know... And you seem when you're talking about criticism and about expectations, like uh, we're talking about this in sort of a playful way. But uh, I imagine it must have been difficult for you, at least early on, to sort of deal with being in this public space or dealing with the criticism or, you know, just having people uh, sort of nitpick on your work. Uh, so I guess my question is just, was it difficult for you? Like, has, is, has there been a process involved in getting to the point where you can just sort of like deal with everything that comes with being in such a public space? public position. Mm.
1: <laughs> I would love to tell you that like oh I'm not bothered by trolls and I'm not bothered by <laughs> anything like like that would be the biggest lie on the planet. Um <clears throat> I don't know, I think part of it I guess is I've done mm-hmm. this kind of thing for a long time so I feel mm-hmm. like I feel confident in my ability, right? I feel confident in my skill set. I know mm-hmm. I'm quote unquote good at what I do, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I feel like I have job security or, you know, Mm -hmm. things that even some of the guys in the space might have, because Mm -hmm. I am still a woman and I wasn't a former fighter. And, you know, you do, you do, you, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say every day, I didn't look and go, is that a wrinkle? Like, oh no, (laughs) is that, you know, um, whatever, because unfortunately we do get yeah. judged by that m- mm-hmm. so much. So yeah. you could be, you could be, you know, the most eloquent speaker on the planet and, and mm-hmm. do so many great things. But if enough executives are like, you know, she's starting to look tired, <laughs> like you mm-hmm. just, you're, you're done. Right. So, yeah, um, so that part is, is, is very hard. I guess the only if I would say if there was a process of overcoming I don't know. Here's the other thing, Fernanda. If, if you don't mm-hmm. remember, I also have chocolate skin. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life has been um, uh, just, just. I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm not complaining. I'm just stating a fact, right? So stuff yeah. was harder. That's yeah. a fact. It's not a mm-hmm. complaint. It is a fact. Yes. Um, and so... I learned to have thicker skin earlier on because I Mm -hmm. had to, because of just different critique I would take in my life life. That was like when I was a kid before even you consider what you're doing for a career. Do you know what I mean? So um, definitely had to get some thicker skin just as a, as a kid growing up as the only sort of brown skin person in a, in a, in a, in a, in a white town. So um, it, I, so certain things that people say to me still totally hurt like way back when I was a kid um mm-hmm. certain things you know what I mean but certain things I've learned to just get past mm-hmm. so I don't really know if there's a whole if there's a specific process that was specific to me becoming um uh, uh insulated against MMA insults I mm-hmm. guess it might just be like insulated against insults in general in the mm-hmm. world but but um but no I mean I guess the process, like I was saying before, if you just do it long enough in those comments, the people are like, Oh, get, you know, go back to make me say, I was like, you just, you just don't leave. Right. You just keep doing it. And eventually they will either leave or they'll come around and like you, or maybe they won't ever like you, but who cares. Right. So, um, I guess persistence is, is a thing I would say, if yeah. you know, you're good or you want to do it, just keep freaking doing it. Like the funny thing is, is we don't charge people for the stuff. So it was like, if you're complaining and you don't like me, like don't freaking watch, bro. Like, (laughs) I'm not forcing this on you. It's on freaking YouTube, bro. Like move along. You know what I mean? So, um, that kind of stuff was kind of crazy Mm -hmm. to me. And, and it's terms of the work I go by, I go by what my boss says and Dana's happy. I'm happy. Like if he's happy with my work, I'm, I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah. Do you have any, uh, sort of like, uh, not sure protocols, but like uh when it comes to social media, do you have like certain things you do or avoid or some boundaries that you set even for yourself? Just to make sure that, you know, because I'm sure you get a lot of positive stuff too, but or and I would guess it's overwhelmingly positive, but then like it seems sometimes like the negative stuff just sticks a little stronger yeah, like it know, just
1: hits stuff <laughs> and it's funny because i used to sometimes yeah like retweet the trolls to let your fans yeah. you know like go to work on them because there is sometimes <laughs> some such satisfaction of that like yeah i know it's terrible and i know like don't feed the trolls but every now and then you can't help it you're like i gotta yeah. shut this shit right so it's crazy like i really haven't done that in a long time um but Yeah. Like in general, in general, I actually don't get into politics on social Mm -hmm. media. Um, in general, I actually avoid, um, a lot of the race stuff as well. Now this summer, um, with BLM things, it kind of got to the point where you couldn't really Mm -hmm. avoid it. Um, but even still, the thing about me is that that's not, um, Mm -hmm. like the defining thing in my life, right? Like saying like, Oh, I have brown skin. Like it, it, it's, it's defined me because people have treated me certain ways because of it, but it's not like I go out and define myself as that first and foremost, if that makes sense. Um, and so, uh, I just, I don't know, some of that stuff, like I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, yeah, well, what makes more sense? Like, um, like with the Colby things, like, let's say with, with some of the things that Colby Covington would say, like, and you know, you know he was trolling and he was just saying it for effect and, but sometimes, you know, it would get like pretty infuriating, But then I was Mm -hmm. like, well, what's worse, like lose my job because I'm like responding to something that he said or or just Mm -hmm. keep my job like just stay here and let it slide off my shoulders. Like I'm I'm, I know I'm not being as articulate with this point as I can be, but like I'm not going to let his bull crap bring me down is really what I came to with that. Do you know what I mean?
0: You're put in a so, in a doubly, I think, tough position, right? In a way, because um, it's it's something it's kind of cruel, I think, in a way, in doubly cruel. Like, for instance, I. You know i'm outspoken as a feminist as a woman but uh, i'm right. a white woman so i already have that layer of privilege that other people sure. don't have and it's a choice i made because my job is so much different i i can afford to have the opinions that i have so i can't even you know expect everybody to act a certain way but other than that like right. i feel like you're uh people you know in your case like a woman of color you're put in a position that sometimes you're also expected to be outspoken about certain things. Right. If it makes any sense. It seems like there is an it even Letter. Uh, well, it's weird. Pressure, well, that's right? the whole
1: thing is right. You look at like, for example, just look at Jamel Hill. That's all you need to know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so literally. And so and so, but but she's a woman who likes to speak about race matters. Mm-hmm. That's a platform. I mean, that's a that's a topic that's very important to her. And and so she speaks out a, about it and we see the reaction that she gets for it sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, that's a choice that you make. It's mm-hmm. never been the most salient issue in my life. So I don't choose to make yeah. it a major platform of my life, but of course it is a fact of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's not but but so for me like it it means a lot to me when i've had people come up to me with their daughters and they're like oh my god you know my daughter's such a fan and she saw you on tv and you know there are women with curly hair and you can do it and so yeah. that kind of thing like i that feels really good to mm-hmm. me and i guess i'm just a little bit more kind of quiet about um wanting to inf- wanting to to, to hope hoping to to help people and inspire people i guess if mm-hmm. that makes sense like yeah. um i just I don't know. It's just not my thing to go out there and scream, scream about all that stuff all the time. I I just have chosen to take a little bit more of a subtler approach, I guess.
0: Yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, when you have uh, a white man and I mean that in a neutral way, not a critical way, (laughs) a white man in a position like they can sort of quote unquote afford to just do their jobs.
1: Right. I can't afford to, I can't afford to lose my job. Like, and like they're, they're not doling out jobs like this all the time. Like, you know what I mean? And so it is, um, mm-hmm. it, it is something that you, you know, yeah, you have to think about, mm-hmm. like you, you just weigh the risks and the rewards. Um, yeah. Yes. No, I get it. Uh, I- yeah.
0: One thing that I was, we are talking about the Wikipedia going even further yeah. back in time that I wanted to touch on that I read, um, and they mentioned it in a story that you, I know you're a Brown alum, but did you have a bachelor's degree? Yes. Was it in political science and sociology?
1: It's two. I have two. I double majored. So
0: oh. I have um, yeah, so major in... So <laughs> fancy. So I have two degrees, yeah, yeah. For, Uh
1: political science and sociology, so...
0: And yeah. why like what was was the plan there was it like did you did you have ideas of of working specifically with that or was tv something that was really
1: yeah i thought i was probably going to be a lawyer um uh, mm. like a trial lawyer um mm-hmm. prosecutor or something like that oh, i wow. definitely wanted the performance part of the law <laughs> <laughs> you know um yeah. uh, because i do i like i knew whatever i was going to do was was probably going to have some performance element to it so i think mm-hmm. yeah for the longest time i thought i was going to be a lawyer And, um, I really love to read. I really, I, I like, so those kind of, um, subjects in school anyway, a lot of reading. It was just very interesting to me. Um, and Mm -hmm. I actually started out, I think I started out as a political science major, but then I took some sociology classes and actually ended up preferring that. Um, and so, um, uh, Yeah. So I I thought I was going to work in law. But then right once I got to Brown, they had a radio station there. Okay, And it was actually a commercial station, Mm -hmm. 20,000 watts. So you could hear it. You know, Brown's in Rhode Island. You could hear it in Massachusetts. You could hear it in parts of New York. You could hear it Mm -hmm. all over. So literally by the end of my freshman year, second semester freshman year, I was doing morning drive. I would do a three hour radio show from six to nine in the morning and then I'd go to school um, with my double major. And uh, and I got really good grades still too, Fernandez. So um, oh, I worked in what radio. A nerd. Yeah, the whole time I was at Brown, I worked in radio all four years, and I ended up running the radio station after. And still, yeah, graduated. I, there was only one class I didn't do great, and that was my uh, statistics class for 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 sociology. I I don't love math. <laughs> no, that sounds yeah. so cliche, but the statistics the, thing was such BS, it. which if anything, though, it taught me that anytime you read a, a study where they're like, well, 90% of stats are BS. That's the one takeaway from that it was that stats are the most malleable thing in the world. And always yeah. look at what the sample group was. Always look at what the sample group was before you look at what the percentages are, because it's all bullcrap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And But yeah, I love school. I actually loved school. I love learning. I loved school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you consider like maybe continuing like on an an academic path like master's or because it seems like you went right there from from working in uh, radio interview, whatever. So was there a consideration of maybe just following an academic path or? or... No,
1: not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily, although I do often think of going back to school type things. I mean, and I think that was part of part of the thrill of uh, trying to learn Portuguese and, you know, still studying that. Um, was to give mm-hmm. myself something new mm-hmm. to learn. So if yeah, there are times when I've thought about going back um mm-hmm. for for different things. Um like I'd go back and like get like a psychology degree or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I've thought about it, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> but so no, I it? never
1: thought about going strictly academic though now.
0: Yeah. But what what was it you talked about like already just being interested in the performance part of it, uh even when you were considering uh that other yeah. path. But what was it about T V that really like um uh, I guess hooked you in
1: well you know I think a lot of it was um like I said just growing up where I really stood out so like mm-hmm. I couldn't ever hide um mm-hmm. I people always over there girls, Karen the chocolate girl in town you know what I mean so it's always like one of those things where I was like well I have a lot of attention on me I could use it for I could either try to hide from it or like if people are looking at me anyway let me do something with it like really mm-hmm. that's what it came it came from um and so I was like well if people are kind of staring at me anyway um I'm not going to hide from them. I'm just going to going to be I got to be me, I guess. Um and so I I guess I just learned that I liked talking to people and I liked mm-hmm. that um element of um I don't know, just sort of per- performing to a degree. I like literally I think though my life's um uh, purpose is like finding the perfect conversation. Like I'm in <laughs> hunt for the ideal conversation and like <laughs> I literally, I think that's why I love the job that I do. It's all conversation and it's talking to people and it's traveling mm-hmm. the world and then meeting people over in that part of the world and talking to those people over in there. You know, like it's, I, I absolutely just love that. So I don't know what it is that. Um, I found in my personality that um, Mm -hmm. I like new things. I like discovering new things. I like meeting new people. I don't know. I guess um, part of that maybe came from never feeling like I absolutely belonged somewhere. So that means I feel okay going new places and Mm -hmm. seeking new things out because I never actually feel 100% totally comfortable in certain places, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And you know, uh, to an extent, of course, I can relate to that because like you, like, I think the one thing that really um, draws me to this profession is just the talking to people. And it's just, I don't know, yeah. it's a really interesting way to connect um, to a person through a conversation. Right. Sometimes a, it's right. a conversation you're going to have once, right? Like, you don't know that person. <laughs> right. You're never going to see them again. But you share right. just that 30 right. minutes of just like right. a cool exchange. But sometimes or- it's
1: amazing, right? You had the most <laughs> amazing conversation with a stranger on a plane. Yeah. And you take that but, with But you. the thing is, it's, it's amazing. But with these athletes, right? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. I literally have been sitting there watching, like, like for example, like, when I'm working next to somebody and then, like, with, with Biz being a Rashad, when... <clears throat> they didn't know they were going to get in the hall of fame and we knew you know what i mean and you're sitting there yeah. and you're like oh my god this is so awesome <laughs> like and and i've been there for some like incredible moments for my friends and you feel like or bizarre, like when tyron won the title i'm like i won you know what i mean like i feel yeah. like i won i feel like i won when rose won like i feel like you know like y- 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 you you get so invested in these people and they do become your friends too but even the ones that aren't your friends like even if you didn't know max Holloway and you watched that fight like how do you not feel better about what humankind can accomplish when you see something that amazing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's partly what it is too, is I I see some people on their very best day, yeah. seeing some people on their very worst day, like talking mm-hmm. to Joe after he lost to Davison again. Like Ugh. that sucked. That yeah. sucked, you know? Um, but, but to be able to be there and I know it sounds corny, but you know, to facilitate the telling of somebody's story sometimes yeah. really is great.
0: It, um, it is. It, I get it. it really at is. At the same time, like the telling stories thing sounds so cheesy, like a rehearsed <laughs> line. And at the same time, I can't think of a better way of saying it because it's, right. it is exactly true. what it is. Yep. Uh, you touched on it, but it's something I also wanted to ask you about. Cause you're a, you're a person who has talked to uh these fighters for a long time. You host a podcast with a fighter, a UFC fighter, Alonjo Bengu. Whoever's listening to me already knows this, but, you know, as a host, I feel like I need to keep bringing information because I'm very serious. Uh, But, you know, so you're there and you're, you're documenting these beautiful moments and taking part in, like, a lot of joy. But at the same time, you know, We know the consequences, right? You mentioned Max Holloway. And then on the other end of it, you have Calvin Cater, who I don't even want to know what's happening to Calvin Cater's face today. Cause it's, that was, that must have been a rough morning. And hopefully nothing worse happened. But like, we get to see both sides of it, right? Like, we get to really cheer or just be excited with an amazing knockout because it's such a feat of athleticism and what the human body can do it's beautiful and then on the other end of it you know there's a person who's gonna be if not in deep, deep physical pain at least in emotional pain Um, and as someone who is sort of closer to the fighters and stuff uh, how is that part of it for you like is it does it take some like reconciling are there any internal conflicts associated with, with covering the sport
1: Hmm. I mean, I don't uh, uh that's a I, cool question. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it's, t- <laughs> it's tough, right? Because I I always like I played sports all my life and yeah. I, and loved it, right? And so mm-hmm. um I think I you know, you you sort of get used to yes, the ups mm-hmm. and downs the, the the other side of the coin um and in the case of yes, Calvin cater like today, I'm thinking like uh, hope, you know, obviously he's in physical pain, but but I'm thinking, you know, f- for yes, for every time that we sit there and we talk about what a performance Max had, there is somebody mm-hmm. on the other side of that, that, that was the guy who was the nail that night, right? With Max mm-hmm. was, was the hammer. Um, and so, yeah, you do think, God, like, uh, this is tough. And, 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 uh, yeah. You've I, I know to the fighters
0: s- on the other end too, right? Like yeah, you've to the it's, winning fighters and tough. the losing fighters. Yeah. It's
1: tough though but but again though uh, like I'll tell mm-hmm. you this I bet Calvin still feels like he's out there chasing his dream right like mm-hmm. I mean it, he woke up on Sunday not going well time to go become an insurance salesman right like no yes. he was if anything he was probably like hell yeah like I'm gonna come back even better right so mm-hmm. um so I guess the reason I don't sort of get like freaked out or upset mm-hmm. by some of that stuff is knowing that you know this is this is their choice and this is what some people mm-hmm. are literally just born to do and i really mm-hmm. think that that's also why um we have such a reaction to it and, and and obviously that is a big part of why i like about it it is so primal and it is so real and there is no bs in it and i guess that is really what i respond to and i don't mm-hmm. you know sometimes th- these things kind of are revealed to you like that's what it why you actually do like it because it is only about that individual and maybe there is something about my life about having been judged for, for, for looks or who who I am Mm -hmm. or whatever that like, you just want to, you just want to strip that away and just like, well, let me just do my damn thing and then judge me on what I do. Right. And, and so maybe that's what it is about that. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. what draws me to it is that all these fighters are coming from wherever, whatever background, whatever, but it doesn't matter because just judge me on what I do in there for Mm -hmm. this finite set of time. So um, maybe that's maybe that's something that's uh why I respond to it I, I, i'm I'm not sure but I guess the hard part of it is yeah when the people lose
0: mm-hmm. that
1: does really suck but I do still feel like they're chasing their dreams mm-hmm. and that helps.
0: Yeah. I just
1: don't like when they're in physical pain like you know yeah mm-hmm. when you see your friends breaking an orbital and this and that like the physical part of it and the recovery of the surgeries and that that part is heartbreaking but you know just mm-hmm. seeing somebody lose and know, knowing that knowing they're going through something hard, does suck but um but I also know that they wouldn't have it any other way you know
0: I feel like over the years uh as the more I started like getting um you know acquainted with the fighters and sort of because you do end up seeing a lot of their side of things and it's inevitable to sort of create an emotional bond and then I feel like I've I've evolved because I was a very much just bleed person when I first started watching. (laughs) Like, to me, the bloodier, the nastier, the better. And now I feel like I do mental math whenever I'm watching a fight. Like, oh, that's an orbital. Oh, that's six months right there. Like, oh, those stitches. Yeah, that person is not going to be back on the gym on Monday. Or I look at a guy and I'm like, he's returning to the gym on Monday, but he shouldn't. He should be resting. Like, I just, I feel like over the years, I've grown a little softer. Uh, <laughs> watching fights <laughs> because I just kind of yeah. start preemptively feeling the pain uh, for these yeah. athletes
1: That yeah uh, I, I know you. I, it is hard when I see my friends I do know what you mean too. there are times mm-hmm. where I'm like especially when they fight each other like I don't want to see either of these guys lose like the, praying for a draw certain times for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then the draw is bad nobody likes a draw so you're just like damn right, there's right. No perfect- then you're pissed I- right exactly I hope they all have fun like exactly <laughs> i just hope they all enjoy themselves and nobody gets too injured um right. uh, one thing there's a obviously two events this week this podcast is coming out on wednesday so tonight uh kiss and magny and the, and magny yes. and then on saturday uh connor mcgregor and Dustin Poirier, obviously and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute before i let you go but i just wanted to close this off you've had so many roles uh in mma in in life. You've been on TV for a while. You've done so many things, but like yeah. uh, in MMA in particular, is there anything, any role or anything that you you still you haven't done that you still want to do?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely would love to do play-by-play. I think that would be so mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah. You know, I know uh, it's it's one of those things, right, where the bar is so high, John is so good at it. Um, yeah. it you know, he's just so great yes. at it, but it is one of those things where you know, it, it would be cool to give that a go. Like I, I like I was saying before I like to learn, I like to try new things. Like I think it, it's incredibly mm-hmm. difficult. Um, but I even mm-hmm. remember years and years ago when I did work at Showtime Boxing, like talking to
0: mm-hmm.
1: Al Bernstein and Stephen, we're like, just talking about that role. Um, and, and, and what you do with that. Um, that is really interesting. So that is something that I would love to give a go, but really, mm-hmm. um, I, I want my, uh, I actually really want to do a late night talk show. Um, that's uh, really what I want to so- do. Yeah. That's my, like, that's like my dream job. And, um, and I've actually pitched different things, which would be, um, sort of like an MMA MMA version of that in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. and so really that is like a lot of what my, uh, my dream things, things are, but to be honest with you, like, I love what I do. Um, and so I have ideas for different shows that Mm are MMA related and, and, and TV, you know, entertainment type things. Um, that's, so, so the dream would be to expand on what I'm doing now, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing a lot of what I love already. For now, and I'm very lucky.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's truly great to hear. And you worked hard to get to where you are. So, uh, but I will campaign for the alternative feed. With yes play by play
1: thank you it'd be so fun like me angela get laura in there like we would have such a great time and i know and again it's one of those things where if if, if guys want to bitch about it dude don't listen <laughs>
0: <Like>, That's <laughs> simple there are plenty of other options like you, nobody's forcing right. you don't listen but they will like it because you're all amazing it takes uh it takes oh, a well, true grump not to appreciate you guys so there's that <laughs> Uh, so before I let you go to pretend that this is an MMA podcast, yes, <laughs> just getting sure, a little yeah, more right. topical, the big, the big event, of course, everybody's talking about the Conor McGregor and, uh, Dustin Poirier fight. And I think a lot of the focus is obviously on McGregor for obvious reasons. He's, uh, right. I would guess him and Ronda to me are the two biggest mainstream MMA stars we've ever had, uh, yada, yada. Yeah. Everybody knows who Conor McGregor is, but I wanted to talk about a a bit about Dustin Poirier because not only is he an amazing, credible athlete and look at Max Holloway last weekend and then remember Dustin Poirier fighting Max Holloway. You don't even need to look any further than that to remember that, but also he's just, you know, a very engaged member of his community. He does does a lot of um, charitable work. I just think that he's uh, just one of the coolest, figures we have in the sport and I guess that's that that was my question to you I feel like why do you how important is it do you think in our sport in MMA in the UFC to have a guy like like Dustin around
1: yeah well he's incredible um he's very important to have around obviously like you said Mm -hmm. for all those reasons because um showing you know really I think part of it is that a lot of the time that people were saying like oh you know MMA fighters are all um They're all so like aggro and Mm -hmm. they they don't have any kind of good sense or whatever. And Mm -hmm. um, he obviously shows that that's not the case um, with his foundation. You know, he's a really interesting guy, too. And um, it's hard because he had so much to come back from after that first fight with Conor. I mean, obviously, um, people kind of talked so much crap about him and he had to really kind of learn to – I'm sure lock out a lot of that BS and it made him, I mean, I'm assuming that was, that was part of what made him so much better, even because he's talked about like the lessons he's learned from that fight. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you, you show when you see somebody with, with, with such a good heart like that, like it really does show that um, this might be a career choice for some people, but (laughs) they're not animals. They're not, Mm -hmm. you know, they're they're not bad people. Um, And and like you said, yeah, Poirier, that fight with Max was absolutely incredible. Um, Mm -hmm he's
0: yeah he's a really good guy <laughs> yeah right like that's the thing and i think it's changed a bit uh just the way that people talk and think of mma fighters uh in a way but i do feel like there's still not if not a stigma just a certain image uh right associated right. with them and then you have this super mellow guy like right. this, who is not mellow at all when he <laughs>
1: right. he's well, the one same of- with Rose, like Rose was a great example right? of that as well. You know, and so when people like look at her and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh, no, this is a destroyer. You're like, wait,
0: what? <laughs> I have a tough time sometimes reconciling some fighters because it's just yeah. so different. Uh, Vicente Luque is another guy for me. Like, oh, my God, he's so sweet. He's just the sweetest person. And I don't know if you've met uh, his wife. No, she's just I have not like, very much uh like him. Super nice, super like soft spoken. And it's just like such a cute little family. His mom, like everybody's just so nice. And then the way he fight, because it's not even like Damien Maya, right? He's super nice, but he sort of fight not fights nice, if that makes sense. Like he's Yes, not, he does. <laughs> not he like, does. No, I know exactly what you mean. Vicente is hella violent. <laughs> and then you see Vicente or Poirier Rose, like you said, because right. Rose is aggressive in her own way. And I'm like, Jesus, I have a tough time, like... Whatever turns in their brain when it's time to fight, I right, just right. don't possess it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I couldn't do it. But that's what, when people ask me, they're like, oh, are you a former fighter? I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm very competitive, but I don't want to get punched in the face. And yeah, I don't have that kind of crazy. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I've trained MMA for like, oh, MMA, oh, sorry, Muay Thai for like 11 years and I've never had the guts to compete because I just don't think yeah. I have that, no, uh, that no, I don't chip wanna. in my brain. Uh, and on that note, I mean, it's a very co- complicated. So that's the whole thing, right? So Habib Nurmagomedov is may or may not be retired. Who knows? Yeah. Um, then you have Charles Oliveira coming off that huge Ferguson win. Um, Love him. Then you have yep. the uh, who's. It's been it's been a long time time coming. Charles Oliveira's recognition. I I'm really glad we get to see it because that's the guy I was expecting to see a few years ago, and I I like that things are finally coming together for him, but. Charlie's, then you have Michael Chandler and then Hooker. Uh, We had Dana White talking about how Nurmagomedov talked about seeing something spectacular and then maybe coming back. Like there's a lot that could happen uh, in the lightweight division at the moment. And I know it's hard to predict these things, especially, you know, when you have a decision as personal as a a retirement uh, involved. But, you know, do you have a a hunch of what you think is going to happen to the to the lightweight division after Saturday's fight
1: hmm. well i also love oliveira and have been an oliveira fan for a long time too oh, so i would love to see him oh my god i would love but i was i'm a huge tony <laughs> fan too so that fight kind of broke yeah. my heart but um <laughs> but um yeah so personally i'm okay if khabib doesn't fight again only mm-hmm. because he said he was done And like he made the promise and all that. So Mm -hmm. as amazing as he is Mm
0: -hmm. and as
1: incredible as he is, I'm okay if, if he just walks away. Um, That said, if he fought George St. Pierre, I'd watch. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hashtag would watch. I said the same thing. I wrote a column saying, you know, Habib, like he made this decision. I don't like people being forced back out of it. It's such a difficult sport. Like, he made a promise. It's like, it's so much, right. Then right. again, and I may be a then terrible again, person. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> I really think that's it. Like, I think for me, it may be only come back for George. Like, yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's what it is for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the hooker Chandler fight is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um it, You know, it's, it's funky. It's hard not to, it's hard not to, you know, if Conor wins, it's hard not to say Conor should be fighting Mm -hmm. for the title because everybody knows business is better with Conor as a champion. Like it just is. So I don't care how you feel about him. Business is better with Conor as a champ. So, Mm -hmm. um, if he wins, I would say, yeah, make, you know, make a title fight with him. Maybe, I don't know what'll happen with Chandler and Hooker. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would love it. I mean, you could get Oliveira versus Connor for a title fight, which would be kind of insane. <laughs> Just the thought of that is kind of making yeah. me like get a little my, my, my palms are starting to sweat a little bit because I'm like, holy crap. Yeah,
0: Because that's the whole like, thing, right?
1: Olivera is, is so freaking phenomenal to me and. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I just love like his whole look like he he's he, I just I just really love like so many things <laughs> about him um, And so the thought of like getting to talk about him in a title fight and all this stuff yeah. would be so cool um, but, but like, you know, you could see he would be amazing Like you could put Oliveira versus Hooker would be amazing. Olivera versus Poirier yeah. would be amazing Olivera like I don't know. He he's great. He he to me is a is 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 awesome with anybody um, Yeah the thing about it is, is all those guys at the top right now are exciting. I guess Chandler's the one that has to prove himself this weekend mm-hmm. just because we haven't yeah. seen him in the UFC yet. I mean, he, yeah. he was great in Bellator. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just I think I think he's kind of the X factor this weekend. We When he after we see what Chandler does, I think we'll have a little more clarity.
0: Yeah. I think what I'm getting from all of this is that you should talk to Dana and convince him <laughs> to do a lightweight tournament. That's all right, I'm going to say. Right.
1: <laughs> I'll get on that. I'll I feel like this that.
0: is the only logical conclusion to right. everything we've just discussed. Uh, yeah. And my less <laughs> my because it would be amazing, right? Because like you said, there's literally no bad matchup, and even no. bringing you know Tony back in Gaethje back yes. in all of these are amazing back uh, matchups in that. Of in that. course general title scene. So, uh, but the last thing on that note for me, uh, you know, McGregor, I'm not even, he's a complicated character. Um, I'm going to stick to what happens inside the cage, but obviously he's, he's, he's a thing. He's a concept, McGregor. And, um, (laughs) you know, people will talk about him in very different terms. Uh, Some people will say, you know, he is, one of the greatest of all time. And then you have people who will come in saying, well, he never defended his belt. Um, right. Ne- neither of his belt. Like he, oh, he was the guy who had the two belts and then, but he didn't defend the belts. And then, you know, he isn't nearly as active as other fighters, but then again, which other fighter has, you know, walked through three different divisions and, you know, beat the arguably the goat in one of them. And, you know, you have all these things and all these different ways to frame uh the McGregor legacy inside the cage. And I know this is a tough question. I do. I I joked about it in the last episode. Like I do this thing where I ask my guests very complicated questions that I don't know how to answer, uh, okay. which is unfair, <laughs> but just like, uh, you know, looking at McGregor, um, a few years from now, like, why do you, how do you think we're going to look at his uh, legacy? In the UFC, how do you, are we going to see him as one of the greatest fighters of all time? Like, how do you think we're going to, we're going to have this debate a few years from now?
1: Well, it's funny, last night as I was going to bed, or I don't even, I wake, I wake up a lot and all this stuff, lots going on. But John Kavanaugh's uh, quote came in my head where he, he had a picture the other day on Instagram and he said, like, wrapping the most, um, what did he say? Not the most important hands in a minute, the most...
0: What did he call? Maybe?
1: Valuable hands, right? Thank you. Yeah, the most valuable hands in MMA. You saw the post too, and I was like,
0: "I oh didn't. I'm just right. guessing." Oh, but that's <laughs> I when was. Wrong, yeah, you're I'm right. <laughs> but no, but
1: that that was it. I just can't think of the word. And I was oh, like, okay. "Wow, man!" I was like, "Yeah, but he's right, right?" I was like, "He is right, and he's gonna be right." I think for a long time. And I know what you're saying. Like, it's weird because it, it it's almost got to the point where it was, it's weird to support Connor in a way. Like you got to mm-hmm. the, like, it, it got so weird. Like I remember the first time meeting him and interviewing him and yeah, like 30 seconds into you're like, this guy's amazing. Like I, I love mm-hmm. this dude. And he was so incredible and so um, uh, likable and so chatty. And you could just tell he understood the game and he could also fight. And so like from my side of the, of the camera, like this guy's ideal, this is everything I want somebody fun to talk to who can totally deliver, like, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he's done so much for the sport. When we, I think when we look from a few years from now, I think we will see that he he did so much to push the sport forward in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how often he will fight or how much longer he, he will. I hope he keeps going because I don't know what he'll do otherwise. Like, I know he's got other business ventures, but I, you know, he's obviously a competitor and I hope we see him keep fighting for more years. But I think by the end when he walks away, like he will be somebody who is a catalyst for a, a, a huge move forward for the sport. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that his impact, it'll be hard to measure for a long time, but just to, to see mm-hmm. like literally grandmas at, at Costco know who he is like, what? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's unheard of. You know what I mean? For a sport that, that, that only a few years ago was, was we call human cockfighting. Right. So, yes. um, his impact is incredible. um, I just, I do hope we see him fight more. And yes, he mm-hmm. didn't defend those belts, but he pulled up these huge accomplishments. Like it was incredible mm-hmm. being in Madison Square Garden when he pulled that off and became the champ champ. Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. And it was incredible. Yeah. And there the way he so, did
0: it.
1: Right. And there were so many incredible, ridiculous, oh my God moments. Like I've covered a ton yeah. of his fights. And to the mm-hmm. point where when you start selling out a weigh-in, dude, What? What? Like (laughs) so? You you know? Like you can't? You can't? I don't care. I I mean, I know people hate him, and I know that there are a lot of things that he's done that are not okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're strictly talking about the sport, you cannot Mm -hmm. you cannot say anyone's done more. I just don't think you can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, talking about the moments, right? The 13 seconds thing that would haunt us forever was like. Yeah. Simultaneously one of the most awe-inspired And heartbreaking moments I've And heartbreaking
1: I was like, well, what just <laughs> happened, Joseph? I,
0: Joseph? I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny I cried Like legit like, a single I, will, I, like
1: will, <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny That I <laughs> lost my crap when Aldo beat Jeremy Stevens Who was a wonderful guy But, yeah, um, but
0: you know <laughs> The comeback was in itself
1: The so comeback beautiful. was like, insane Yeah, no, yeah, no I mean, and the thing about it, like I said I also have had the um the 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 pleasure of you know working with Connor on on several occasions and he was great. So mm-hmm. I also have that to go by um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the person that I specifically deal with is cool. So I don't I don't have a personal reason to not like him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yes, and that will uh- <laughs> Wrap things up for today before I let you go. I I always say like, oh, if you want to plug, some, like obviously you have a bigger platform than
1: I do in life. <laughs> oh so no, you you're want to sweet plug? Some, so, no,
0: <laughs> you you plug them to you your I'm, own followers. But <laughs> no, yeah, <I'm> just
1: like. <laughs> I don't know, check me out on the gram at KB Heat. I don't know, and over on YouTube. It's Karen Bryant, K-A-R-Y-N, with, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Fernanda. Just just support all the women, you know. Just try to try to and and try not to. How about this? Don't support me. Just try not trolling people for a day, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> just try to be better to somebody else. How about that?
0: that's a great message one that i can wholeheartedly support (laughs) uh and get behind again uh thank you so much uh for joining me today um thank you all at home for joining us and listening uh thank you to the red pandas for being fucking adorable i guess and uh this has been (laughs) the best camp of my life see you next week